Hello friends and folks and welcome back to another Playlist Podcast. We're here to talk about video games, what we've been playing. I'm Six Detmar from Scanline Media. And I'm Jennifer Uncle, also from Scanline Media. And uh, had a lot of time to play games this year, which has, I guess, been good, right? I mean, it hasn't been... I mean, I'm not going to say the year has been good necessarily, but it's nice to have time to play games. Yeah, I'd say so. And uh, I think I would like to start off with one that I know we've both been playing and, uh, you know, just just easy, breezy, beautiful. Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury recently released on the Nintendo Switch. Jen, how are you finding the, the plumber man? Um, It's been a lot of fun. Like, um, I've only played 3D World in spurts before, like... Uh... At various friends' houses, but uh, I never got a chance to play it myself just because, I don't know, by the time I was thinking around getting to it, it seemed like buying games with a Wii U was... A mistake? Yeah. (laughs) Just (laughs) because the Wii U was just such an unpleasant system for me to use. Like, its user interface is so shitty, it takes forever to load anything up. Um, And it was like, well... Switch is on the way, so I could probably just wait until it comes out on there. And lo and behold, it did. I disliked the Wii more than the Wii U, but I understand what you're saying. At least the Wii had, like, more unique games you could play for it. In terms of the Wii U, it was often like, okay, here's something I could I could be playing somewhere else, except it's with this obnoxious uh, tablet controller I constantly have to charge because it barely holds a charge. I didn't have a much of a charging problem with it, I guess. And then, other than that, it was just a big controller. I mean, that was the big problem with the Switch, or not with the Switch, <laughs> with the Wii, was that you were forced to use the you know the Wiimote and Nunchuck, and a lot of games were trying to wrangle in like like pointing and motion controls, and they just didn't fucking work. I guess that's true, but also like. I have a big soft spot in my heart for things like adventure games and light gun games, and uh, the Wii did very well with both of those. I I guess I had I this has come up before uh, me talking about my experience with the Wii and realizing I bought a used Wii, and I think my I think mine was no not very good. I think mine like. Whether it was the the used Wii mode I got with it or what, I don't know exactly. But I had a lot of problems with the pointing, with the sen- with the with the cursor going where I was pointing. It was incredibly fidgety. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was very very jittery. So I had a bad experience with a lot of those games. Okay. Yeah, I didn't have a similar experience, but uh... okay. Also, I have shaky hands, so I guess there's that. Maybe that's part of it. <laughs> it. It did suck for certain things like first-person shooters like Metroid Prime. That's an awful way to play Metroid Prime just because it's the kind of game where you're supposed to sink several hours in a play session doing something, and you're just constantly holding a pointer up to the screen during that time. It's no good. <laughs> um, but yeah, now now it's out on Switch. Uh, we got to do a little bit of the uh, of the net play, um, and I think we had initially really bad impressions of the netcode, but then it seemed like maybe it was just some particular connection issues because it got better. Yeah, it seemed like, well, initially, even before we got the full four-person player thing going on, it seemed dicey. But uh, once we had, like, the number of players change, it seemed it, it seemed to improve a bit. Yeah, I don't know if it was just like, you know, it was it was launch day, we were playing uh like early evening. It could have just been, you know, server instability or something. But whatever the case, uh initial impressions were very negative and it, it certainly got better. Yeah. Which was nice. And I've also played a decent amount of it on my own by now, in addition to the Bowser's Fury add on, so it's it's a good feeling game, and the levels are cute and creative. It really, um, they buffed the speed, uh, the movement speed of all characters by 30%. Um, and as a person who played through it on the Wii U, it really helps. It makes the game feel a lot better in single player. Um, because there were, like, some of those levels, like the, like, I don't know if you got to, like, like, sp- like I think it's called, like, Sprawling Sahara. 
is one of the levels or something like a bunch of these like levels that are just these big open spaces and when it's a smaller space the wii u movement was fine but the little bit of extra movement speed makes crossing the the bigger spaces feel so much better yeah i definitely got some of that uh like i can't really compare it to the old one that much but um i especially feel like one or two of the icy levels uh I, I definitely appreciated it moving as fast as it did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got Rosalina. I haven't played with her much. I'm still worried that they're going to have fucked up Rosalina again, which is a bummer, but what can you do? <sighs> For those who don't know, in the at least in the Wii U release, probably I'm about to learn in the Switch release, um, everybody has a character ability, uh, basically, and Rosalina's character ability is she does the little spin from Mario Galaxy, but in on on Switch they just tied it to the run button. So if you get any suit with an ability, then you no longer have access to your character ability, and nobody else loses access to their character ability when they get a suit. So I feel like that's a problem. Yeah, that's that's concerning. Um, so I guess I guess we'll see. Um. As I say, I probably probably they didn't fix it. I don't see why they would, because that's just not what they do. But bummer to me, as Rosalina is my favorite character. So, um, but really, the interesting thing to me, like, I mean, I am playing more 3D World. I think I like 3D World better. But Bowser's Fury being a a new thing, I think is much more interesting to talk about. Yeah, they uh, went and made well. To some degree, every 3D Mario game has been open world in one way or another, but uh, in here, it's not even, you're not even transitioning between levels. It's just one gigantic level where you're running around and uh, collecting shines, or I think they call them cat shines here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, you check off all these various shines. If you get enough of them, you can turn into a gigantic Mario and uh, fight a gigantic Bowser. And uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because in some to some degree, it isn't that big of a change as they're making it out to be. Like um, just a common thing with all 3D Mario games is that uh, you do a star and then you kind of have to leave and come back to it. That's still the case here. Like um, there's specific... Con- there's specific level configurations that don't appear until you've gotten the initial shine there. So sometimes you just ca- kind of have to walk out of its boundary. You'll see the level pop a little bit as it changes into a different configuration and then you walk back in. Mm-hmm. They just made it less... Uh, it, they've just made it more seamless than it used to be. Yeah. Um, and I do think that is one of the one of the downsides is the way that the way that feels sometimes can be kind of bad because when you check the map it like it tracks whether or not you've gotten all the shines in an area and if you're like well i might as well get you know a bunch of them done while i'm there because it's not like when it's in one configuration you can only do one goal there are multiple goals in a lot of configurations but you know you can't so you can't tell like have i exhausted this or do i need to leave and it'll repop um i think that's kind of frustrating it is for sure Another thing that I find frustrating, so when the game was, um, was like, people were first giving, like, hands-on stuff with it, I was worried about the the Bowser's Fury mechanic, right? Um, because they talked about how, like, you know, every X number of minutes, it starts to rain, and then Bowser shows up, and, uh, you know, whatever you're in the middle of, like, well, Bowser's here now, he'll drop extra, like, platforms, he'll start, like, breathing fire, he'll mess up your shit, right? Um... And I was like, well, damn, that sounds frustrating because you're going to get like 80% of the way through a challenge and then you'll just have to stop, right? Um, And I didn't have that experience. I actually found that pretty consistently if I was close to finishing something, even though Bowser showed up, I could just finish it. It wasn't a big deal, right? Yeah. Um, What I did find, however, is that some of the Bowser-specific shines actually were obnoxious. Like... Uh, there was one I was trying to do specifically where um, there is a set of set of like Bowser blocks, which can only be destroyed by Bowser's, you know, fire breath. Um, 
And so, you know, it starts to rain and I'm like, okay, I remember seeing those. Where were those exactly? They're somewhere on this island. It took me a couple of, it took me a little bit after Bowser appeared to find them. But then I was like, okay. And I just camped in front of them. And I was like, okay, just fire at me and, uh, you know, I'll try and dodge. But even if I don't, I'll take a little damage and you'll hit the fucking blocks and break them and I'll get what's behind them. And he missed three times and then he went away. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I guess I can just sit here for another 15 fucking minutes waiting for your dumb ass to show up again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know whether two games constitutes a trend, but it reminded me a lot of the stuff I did not like when I played the Pathless last year, which was uh, one of the big PS5 launch titles, but it also came to PC. Like, It has a very similar mechanic where you're out in this open world doing things and... Uh, Every once in a while, the game will decide, okay, we're going to put you in a different situation now. It was more annoying in the Pathless because they specifically take you out of whatever puzzle you're doing and you have to do a small stealth section for like a minute or two. And uh, it completely breaks the flow of whatever you're doing. But uh, mm -hmm. there's something similar about that situation where like, maybe it's silly to complain about not having complete and total agency over my own pacing here, but uh, it's just frustrating to be in a situation where you're either waiting for Bowser to show up so that you c he can break something and you can go about your business, like something you've, you've set yourself aside to do, and that in turn just leads you to waiting a bunch of time. Or, like, if you're trying to accomplish a specific shine in a different section that doesn't require him but he shows up and suddenly you have a bunch of other obstacles to deal with yeah i didn't like i didn't see exactly what was going on with this because i didn't need to go over there but like there's there was an area where there were a bunch of just like you know regular cats milling about and then bowser showed up and it seemed like they turned into demon cats or something yeah i don't know what the fuck was up with that <laughs> that happens yeah they'll, they'll start attacking you while bowser's out Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it's such a weird tonal thing because also, like, there's a bunch of crying mother cats uh, spread out throughout the level, and you're supposed to reunite them with their kids, and if Bowser shows up, they suddenly start advancing on you as evil glowing cats until Bowser goes away again, and they just start crying again. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's the dark hotto. I don't know, it's weird. Um, <laughs> the cat aesthetic like, throughout is pretty good, though. Like, uh, the cat seagulls are amazing. <laughs> I feel like, honestly, it's a bit overdone. Uh, um, partially because they already kind of did it with, with 3D World. Obviously, obviously, this is running on the 3D World engine with some, some modification. Like, it's it's very clear from the way it controls and that, you know, like, a lot of, a lot of things about it. It's like, okay, yes, this I, I am playing a modified 3D World. Um, and it was like, you know, the first time it's like you head to an area and it's like, okay, this is, you know, this is cute. The, you know, like the, it's like, you know, as you say, the cat seagulls and the cat, this and the cat, that, and then you're like, it's kind of cat everything. These are cat trees everywhere. And it's just like, how 3d world did some of that, but still was able to offer different aesthetics here and there. And this kind of only has one in a way that I find a little annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of, that was kind of disappointing because part of, that's part of what makes like 3D World so good is that like, of course there is the cat stuff. There's cat Bowser, there's cat Goombas, all that stuff. But like, you also have like the level where you're like doing a, a bunch of interacting with shadows or there's the level where it's like, oh, there's a bunch of like fire bros everywhere and everything's fire themed, um, multiple themes going on. And, and the, the single-minded, uh, emphasis on cats in in bowser's fury is a little disappointing if you're going to do that at least call it bowser's furry <laughs> uh, i do like hanging out with bowser jr a little bit but yeah i find it weird like i obviously it you know would work differently in in two player and i would like to try that at some point though it doesn't have net play um but like the way it's like hey how much do you want me to help you and I'm like, I'm, I don't, I don't know. And then he just sort of like every once in a while, he just like attacks a random Goomba. I'm like, 
thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're they're unclear off the bat what helping even means yeah i don't i i feel like it could almost be better served by like a god i can't believe i'm about to make this comparison like an astral chain style like you have like ways to specifically do moves that involve bowser jr or something and there are ways to do that it just uh well just having him paint graffiti right yeah, I, I think you might also be able to direct him to enemies if you use the button, but I'm not sure. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's um, I think it's cool. I my main concern was that it would feel like Odyssey, and it kind of does. But it so far I haven't done any things where I felt like it trivialized the like the big problem with Odyssey. Odyssey has multiple problems most games have multiple problems but to me the big problem with odyssey was the fact that there was sort of there's one reward for doing anything it's moons and it wasn't balanced i guess is is the way to put it right like you would get a moon for doing this like series of like interesting like platforming and jumps and stuff you would also get a moon for just randomly ground pounding a hill and it just made the process of getting a moon feel like nothing. It felt empty. Mm-hmm. And so far, I haven't felt that way about any of the cat shines in in uh, Bowser's Fury. So far, I feel like I have had to do something to get them. So it feels better. Yeah. The collect five of the smaller um, shines gets a little bit te- tedious at times. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's... They're mostly fun challenges. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, there are ones that I don't like as much as others, but at least none of them feel trivial, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's something. I guess the closest to trivial would be the ones you get for Bowser breaking blocks for you. But as it turns out, sometimes it's really fucking hard to get him to do that. So I guess that's not as trivial as it, you might think. Yeah. Stupid asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fighting feels whatever to me too. Like when you get super big and fight against Giga Bowser or whatever they're calling him. Yeah, it's 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 fine. It's whatever. You're right. It's just sort of like he, you you dodge him and you you ground pound him and then you just do that three times and then he's gone. Yep. It's like okay, that's fine. Kind of, it is also kind of weird because, like, they make a big thing out of it being like, here, turn into, you know, Giga Cat Mario to fight him. And you don't use it, none of your cat powers are useful in fighting him. It gives you an extra hit. You can turn back into regular Mario, regular but big Mario, if you get hit once. But otherwise, I mean, all you're doing is ground pounding. You're not using any cat swipes. You're not doing any climbing. Your cat powers don't matter. You can, you can kind of swipe him. Can you? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. All right. All right. Maybe I just haven't experimented enough. I do like um, the way the lighthouses work, where, like, if you have... Basically, if you complete a goal to get a, a cat shine while Bowser is there... It goes to the nearby lighthouse and makes it shine bright, and he fucks off. Um, which I feel like is a good way of being, like, demonstrate. You know, Bowser shows up, and you could, like, okay, I'm going to hide, or okay, I'm going to fight, or whatever. If you continue to work on the current puzzle, it feels like you are indicating to the game very clearly, like, no, I don't give a shit about Bowser right now. Let me play the game. <laughs> and the, the game kind of reciprocates by being like, okay, he'll go away. Yeah. It's also great that they finally learned to let you, like, ride water animals into the ground somewhat so that you don't have to constantly die every time you hit land with one of them. I mean, to be fair, that's in... That's in uh, uh 3D world as well. Also you can swim in this game. Yeah. Uh wet Mario looks real bad. <laughs> <laughs> Their wet shaders do not look good. Uh very true. No. Yeah. And overall I I am having a good time with it. Um it's better than I expected, though I, I certainly have some some beefs with it. I don't know, what have you been playing, Jen? 
what uh, what's been striking your fancy? I've been playing a load of things. Uh, like the biggest one has probably just been Hitman Three, just because like I got it and beat it on the same day when it came out, but then I just kept sinking hours and hours into it. But uh, I feel like we might want to separate that for something larger. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe we should. I don't know. I mean, like. Have a whole podcast about it. <laughs> yeah. Also. But I mean, that's that podcast isn't going to get to Hitman Three for quite a long time. So. Yeah, I I could just say that like, it's it's done a great job at not only presenting with new Hitman levels, which I love, but also something about the way that uh, it puts some of its mission stories like. It doesn't use mission stories as often and instead hides that stuff in the challenges. And that's gotten me to pay more attention to challenges and in turn has kind of unlocked this new level of appreciation for Hitman that I didn't have previously. So I've been going back to a lot of the older levels and uh, trying a bunch of the stuff I didn't have the nerve to try earlier. And it's a lot of fun seeing that play out. All right. Like, cool. uh, it's the first time I've done a sniper assassin challenge, and that felt great. <laughs> Just getting going with that. Yeah, there's a really good one um, in the Hitman Three level, uh, uh, Chongqing. There's a really cool sniper uh, challenge in that one. So, oh yeah, give that a shot. Yeah, I've seen someone do that before. That's it's really neat. Um, but if you want to talk about something else, how about the fact that you played like. 30 demos in a desperate attempt to catch up with how many games I've been playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah. Um, uh, Steam had a game festival, which is something they've been doing more often. Like, uh, Well, it's something they've been doing lately um, in a seasonal aspect. Like, uh, They'll be like, hey, we got a bunch of developers to put out hundreds and hundreds of uh, time-limited demos that you can go ahead and try uh, for games that are going to release this year or next year. And uh, yeah, it's a neat way to just like, especially since it's not really safe to go to conventions right now, it's a fun way to replicate that convention experience of going into the showroom and uh, just trying a bunch of things that are available. See how they sit with you. So I'll start off by mentioning the one that we both played, because I did try one of these demos. I tried uh, 100 Days, uh, the winemaking game, because oh, you yeah. posted about it a little bit. Um, like you, I had no fucking idea what I was doing. <laughs> I went bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it starts simple enough in terms of just like, okay, here are tasks that you can complete. We're giving you a grid that you have to snap the tasks onto. And each one takes its own amount of time and money, and uh, you have to place them intelligently or buy more space for you to place them in so that uh, you can place more of them. But, yeah, you um, kind of Tetris it a little bit. Yeah, kind of like that. And it has a bunch of cute little animations, too, while it's happening. Like, you can just zoom in and see a like a clockwork version of these events happening before you. But uh, yeah, as soon as it comes to it, as soon as it comes to harvest time, when you have to figure out how the fuck you're gonna make this wine, it immediately goes way over my head. Like, okay, do you want to add more bitterness or less bitterness? How long do you want to press these grapes for? And like, I felt like I felt like I had a handle on it, right? Because they like they present it as a bunch of like like ratings, like one to ten. That's like okay. Well, then I might as well, you know, like aim for 10 and everything, right? And like, obviously, I can't get that my first time, but let's like, okay, <laughs> let's make it really exceptional in one area. I'm going to ha make it have a 7 in tannin. That's really good. It's got really great tannins. And I set it out for a taste test. Like, people are like, this is fucking disgusting. There's so much tannin in here. This is undrinkable. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that's the one thing I actually didn't avoid when I played this. Like, it's. <laughs> <laughs> when I was looking at these meters, it was like, okay, making a balance of them is probably the best way to go. But in that process, I just couldn't get it sweet enough. So it was a very middling wine for people to drink. 
Well, I thought I wanted to have a specialty wine that appealed to fans of the tannin genre. Uh, <laughs> turns out I did that and people didn't like it very much. And then I couldn't figure out how to sell the wine and I went bankrupt. Oh, jeez. Because there's no just like sell the wine button. You just sort of sit there. And apparently, eventually, someone will make an offer. By that time, I was in debt because I had gambled. I had gambled on like, no, listen, I'm going to come out with this premium tannin lovers specialty wine that like, I think, I think it's not going to be, you know, listen, we're not going to be in every store shelf. But appreciators of big tannin are going to be like, wow. This is a really ballsy effort from a new winery. I'm really impressed. This has the tannins I love. And <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> yeah, there is a sales tab. like, uh, And yeah, people still do need to make offers. But there's a difference between like the offers offers and just like selling it to a supermarket, I think. I couldn't seem to sell it to a supermarket. Maybe I just wasn't understanding the UI. But... Because I would, uh, listen, <laughs> if you were like, I'll give you a dollar a bottle, I was doing bad. I would have taken it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was... And there definitely is room in the world for like one to two dollar bottle of wines out there. Just, uh. I mean, listen, if you have a two dollar bottle of wine, like cheap wine, fine. Two dollars? <laughs> is there even water in there? Because two dollars of water would be less water than that. Very true. Uh, yeah. yeah um, I played through some other interesting demos too. Like, um, I thought that uh, well, Whisker Squadron is basically Star Fox, except it's procedur it's procedurally generated. So. It's like a situation where, okay, you start out and you're moving from randomly generated level to randomly generated level. But they all have the little Star Fox elements like the falling buildings and their fake corneria and uh, flying through a star station, that kind of thing. Except it's all... It, it somewhat retains that um, boxy look that uh, the Race of the Sun folks uh used for that game because it's the same people and uh everyone's cats which star fox has a little bit more variety so on the one hand it's like oh i guess it's just cats here huh but uh, on the other hand it's fun enough and there's it's not like nintendo's doing shit with star fox so how sure. is the generation on it the generation yeah, you said it was procedurally generated. Like, how, how were the levels it was serving you? Um, I didn't play enough of it to tell whether there was a whole lot of difference between them, but the levels felt decent to play. Like, there was a good rhythm to it. Some segments where I was flying through rings to, like, make it my combo meter higher, or dodging falling buildings, or shooting some tanks, or planes up in the air, that kind of thing. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense. It still seems like it's really early. I guess there's was a lot of bits of art that seemed like, okay, this is definitely something that's placeholder here. But uh yeah. I, if they can solve the problem where you don't get much feedback when you get shot, like you just flash a very light red and there's no vibration or anything like that. If they could fix that, that'd be nice. But uh yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're what they do with that. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. The, the demo that probably impressed me the most was a Minute of Islands, which uh, does look like it's going to get into some really gross body horror-ish territory, but uh, it's just a very beautifully drawn game about you being this small girl in a world that's basically managed by four gigantic protectors, where it's basically supposed to do this job to keep all the islands running. But um, basically, one day you wake up, the base that you're in that takes care of it is completely silent. And you walk around realizing, oh, something happened to the oxygen in here and people are just passed out because they're not getting any oxygen. So oh, geez. you have to go out into the world uh, with a bunch of spores that 
the spores basically are the biggest threat to this world in terms of the way that they infect and uh, kill the creatures around them. And uh, you're basically going around turning on all the air purifiers throughout these various islands. And uh, with this unique sort of wand slash crank that you have going on, all of the technology around you is very lively in an almost H.R. Geiger sense where you're plugging things in, but you're almost sort of kind of stabbing it into these things or the way your boat has a ramp onto the pier, except the ramp is just a bunch of tentacles that uh, unfurl and then go back in when you're sailing from place to place. Hmm. It's this, it seems to be, it seems to be ramping up to a story that's kind of intense about uh, this girl taking on a job that uh, is putting her in danger because like, she is one of the only people who walks around in these spores without any sort of mask because she's just like, no, this is the risk I accepted when I took this job, so I'm just going to do it. You can just put on a mask, girl? <laughs> yeah, they haven't been super clear about why she decided to not wear a mask or why it's that important to her, but that's huh. just how things are. But yeah, that's it's... Me. It's one of the most gorgeous 2D games I've seen in a while. Like, it has a very striking style to it, even when it's incredibly gross. Hmm. Doesn't sound like it's for me, but it does sound interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, it does have a bunch of content warnings in front of it when you start the demo, too. So, it, none of that really appeared so much when I was actually playing the demo, but it does seem it's gonna like it's going to head into some pretty serious shit as it goes on. So I've been playing some uh, management games. Um, one of them I'm going to talk for a while about. I played a, a fair bit of, of Suzerain, which I think was is really interesting. But um, because that went well, I ended up trying some other stuff. Um, first, I went to Out of the Park 21, which is a like <laughs> baseball manager game. I saw you messaging about that. Yeah, it seems like it was kind of confusing. I think I'm not saying it's not a game, right? Like, I'm sure you could make a game out of the world's most complicated Excel spreadsheet. I don't know what the fuck is happening in this thing. <laughs> and like, I know baseball. I do know baseball. But like, talk, I don't know. I, I put together the best team I could. We were we were the we were the fucking uh we were the Saibu Shina or Saibu uh something lions I forget we were we were lions that was our thing um Japanese like like baseball team and we were supposed to be pretty good it said that we had some of the best players in the league but then when they played they played like dog shit. And then I was like, okay, let me hire a new batting coach. And every every batting coach on the market said, Un under no circumstances will I work in this town. I'm like, why not? Like, wow. Before we even mention money? Like, what's going on? Um, and I just, I didn't understand anything that was going on. Um, huh. It seems like the kind of game that, like, I don't know. I am willing to sort of, like, fumble my way through things i learned how to play total war three kingdoms without looking at any guides or anything i just sort of felt it out i don't think it's possible to feel this game out i think the people who built the game had to be given a guide on how to play the game <laughs> it doesn't uh, make any damn sense <laughs> do you have any experience with like football manager no no i don't Okay, uh, I was going to ask if that was somewhat similar, or whether you think it's a similar audience that would play something like this. It seems similar. It seems like the baseball version of that. Um, I don't know. I just, I just, I just couldn't make heads or tails of it. I don't. I guess the other thing is, it's very much not the side of baseball that I love, right? Um, I like, you know, about sabermetrics, right? Not really. No. Okay, well, basically, there has been a movement in baseball. Um, you know the movie Moneyball? Do you know of it? Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Like okay. uh, Brad Pitt it, and all that. 
it is about this. It is about the idea that people started looking at baseball management a different way where it just purely became about the math, right? It's like, no, the math, math won't lie. Put together the best team you can based on like, okay, this person has a higher win percentage when they're playing with this person. This person has, you know, like pitches better against these people. Doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. If the numbers say it, the numbers say it. That's sabermetrics, basically. And that's out of the park. It runs on that logic because it is just a spreadsheet. Um, whereas I am the kind of person who, like, I hate taking a pitcher out of a game. If a pitcher is pitching... I mean, if they do like dog shit, okay. But if a pitcher is pitching well, I would want to leave them in for the whole game. It's their game. Let them finish it. Sabermetric says, no, no, no. They're going to get tired in the seventh inning, even if they want to keep playing. Even if they don't feel tired, they're tired. You've got to sub them out. And I'm like, no, don't take him off when he's hot. Let him play the game. Um, I am very much a, like, I guess you could call me very bought into, like, the, like, baseball like sports anime <laughs> vibes of how to play sports and that's yeah, I mean. not, not how the math works but like listen i i there's there's soul to this game and i don't i don't want to reduce it to the mathematical best move yeah it, it sounds like you have a <laughs> to put a somewhat diminutive term on it you're like a bleeding heart sort of uh thing. <laughs> yeah you're not wrong you're not wrong <laughs> listen i uh I will go to a game like I went to a game that was Angels versus Dodgers. I'm an Angels fan. I hate the Dodgers. And it was the first time I saw a Dodgers pitcher Clayton Kershaw pitch. So it's a Dodgers pitcher. And so obviously I'm going in and I'm like, man, fuck this guy. Fuck him. I hate this. I hope you suffer. Right. Um, And I was watching this guy pitch and I was like, shit. These are great pitches. I like this guy. And I started rooting for him. Just like not out loud because I would have been killed. I wouldn't have left the stadium alive. But like (laughs) you see this guy throw a knuckle curve and you're just blown away. Listen, I just get caught in the romance of baseball. Anyway, I also on the back of this played some Total War Three Kingdoms. I'm making another try at making Lubu Emperor of China. It's not going to work again. What I really want to talk. It's just it's just hard. (laughs) It's just hard. Everybody hates the man. Uh, people don't want to, they're willing to work with someone they hate, but they're not often willing to work for someone they hate, which I envy them having that kind of leverage to decide. Uh, Indeed. But but mostly I think on the, on the management strategy layer, what I've been playing is Suzerain, which is, uh, do you know about Suzerain? Uh, I'm not familiar with it, no. So it is a game where um, it is set in a like a fictional, um, I would say like fifties, sixties era um, like history. Um, it is supposed to be clearly like Europe. Um, all the countries are fictional, but there's sort of some some like clear like oh, this is supposed to be uh, the Soviet Union. This is supposed to be America, basically, right? Um, there are some correlations. You are um, the uh, new president, uh, Anton Rain. Uh, you have you are elected as the uh, first president as this country has pivoted from, uh, like it was a monarchy, and then it was a military dictatorship, and it's sort of gone through all these changes, and now it's like okay, we're giving, like, a president with like a with a um like like a judicial system and a, and a um like a a senate we're giving this a shot um and you are the first president uh on that on that on those terms and you are like you know making decisions and negotiating with other countries and so far i've been really impressed with the game because i think one of the things it does really well is i mean first of all it has like character creation through a series of questions and they're just like interesting questions, right? Which are like, like I mean, first of all, like, like here are like three different schools. Where did you go to college? What did you study? Um, there were, you know, like in your in your sophomore year, there were protests against the military. Did you join the protests or did you not? Like, when there was a military coup that came to your your school, did you like did you hide? Did you like protest? And like, there's you know mandatory military service. 
this country has mandatory military service. Did you like you you obviously served? Did you follow orders? Um and so I have um and then I guess I should also say the way the game sets things up is that you are such an agent of change. The way you ran is sort of a, so much in opposition to the systems that it does logically set you up as a person who has gotten elected without basically saying any policy. Um, you can pick a few policies that you emphasized while running, but like the idea of political parties is an idea so much in turmoil that you have very much a blank slate as to what your agenda is, which, you know, is very rare for, you know, an elected official, right? Yeah, totally. And so you have a really interesting position of like you have like people from various like periods of this nation's history. You have some of the generals who pulled those coups and just managed to not get, you know, like arrested and sentenced to prison. And they're just your generals. And it's like, hi, uh, <laughs> um, I guess you're going to make military recommendations to me. I don't know how much I can trust you. Um you have people who are, like, pushing for, like, all sorts of progressive reforms. You have, you know, the, like, the big, fi big finance trying to, trying to, you know, bully you into doing things their way. And I just, I have really enjoyed the way the game forces you, like, I think the writing is really good. And I think it does a really effective job of, of, not that it was my... Not that I was ever in danger of doing this, but it makes it impossible to be a moderate. It makes being a moderate really appealing, and then also makes being a moderate make you fail at everything. Mm -hmm. um, because you have all these forceful personalities pushing in different ways, and they make it very tempting to be like, no, let me just appease all of these people, let me take a middle road, and then you're not going to get anything fucking done. Um, I am, of course, playing a hardcore communist, um, and I'm getting a lot done. I'm also probably not going to survive my second term. I bet I'm going to get assassinated. <laughs> is that something that they've talked about being in the game? Like, is that a possibility? I mean, they haven't... Like, my, my second day of office, a, a socialist member of Congress got assassinated. So they brought up that idea... And the setting is very much in a place where that feels possible. Um, there's been no like it doesn't have pop ups or anything that tells you like these are the these are the these are this is what can happen. It is always just like okay, you're having this conversation. What choices do you make? There's this bill. Do you veto it? It's very in world all the time. Um, and so like it doesn't really tell you what the mechanical ramifications of things are beyond what's logical. So I think I think it does a really good job of threading the needle of like you feel like you know what your actions are going to do to a point, but it never feels that gamey in a way that I really like. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I really honestly recommend this game pretty highly so far. I've been really impressed. Um, it's only $15. I think the production value is really impressive. Um, and I really like the way it portrays like the problems and challenges and temptations of like of of leadership right like i am i am running this ultra socialist but like there are points where it's like listen you're in a recession and i understand that you told you told the people you were going to do a planned economy and you're going to do all this relief and stuff that's not going to turn the economy around and I'm like, I don't care. This is what the people need. And my economy is in shambles. <laughs> like, it is It is great if you are like, hey, I want free health care. And I want a good education. And, like, I want good public transportation. I've got you covered on those things. Oh, you want a job? I have bad news. <laughs> I don't have those so much. Um, uh, I also, like... I also agreed to because I needed money so badly. I had to. I was signing trade agreements, and one of them was like, "Hey, we'll like this other nation was like, hey, we'll sign a trade agreement with you if you agree to support our claim on this island that we've held that's been contested with this other country." And it's like, 
I mean, historically, there's an argument as to whether it's yours or those other countries. I don't have any information that the population there has much of an opinion. So sure, I'll support you on this. And that's kind of a, mm, that was a questionable choice, but I need the money. The real questionable choice was uh, dealing with the country to the Southwest who was like, sure, we'll sign a trade agreement with you if you help us fight these terrorists. And I'm like, what makes them terrorists exactly? And they're like, that we say they're terrorists. And I'm like, okay, tell you what, I can't do that. I could suspiciously close the borders so they can't get through for a little bit. Then can I get the money to help my people? I probably made the wrong call there. I'm going to say <laughs> this is, yeah. it's also, it's really funny because this is the border that in character creation at, during my mandatory military service, I worked that border and I spotted refugees slipping through the border and I intentionally let them through and got court-martialed. And here I am closing that border. <laughs> Damn. Also, the guy who court-martialed me, the guy who gave me the order, is now one of the generals on my fucking board of generals. And he's like, hmm, you're my boss now, huh? Interesting. I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do a military coup. I know I would lose. <laughs> so this is why I say I'm not going to survive my second term. <laughs> yeah. This this game sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you have it via family sharing. You've got no excuse except for that, you know, interest and time are limited and you're not obligated to play anything. But I think you should. Yeah, I'm seeing some of the descriptions here and it sounds like people have called it like a... Management game meets a visual novel, which sounds appealing to me. There was a moment where I suggested, I thought su about suggesting it for for a novel not new, but I think I don't. We could still do that if we wanted, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe sometime in the near future. Like, what if, uh, what if, uh, long live the queen, but not anime, just uh, <laughs> uh like <laughs> a fifties European man <laughs> constantly stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be something uh, anything else cool you've been playing Jen um, I'm wondering if I should get into something cool or just something that's really bad that probably won't be discussed anywhere else right that was one of the you gotta talk about the medium Jen yeah I do <laughs> uh, the medium is um was supposed to come out last year around the same time that uh, the Xbox Series X was. It was like, uh, it's one of those things where they talked up its, its uh, switching between worlds mechanic just in terms of look at what a solid state drive can do for consoles. So, wow. <laughs> like going in, it was already a situation where it got a lot of press, a lot more press than Bloober Team games have traditionally gotten just because. It was something that was big and exclusive to um, one of the new machines. But uh, yeah, it's basically Blooper Team's take on a Silent Hill type game. Uh, you play this uh, medium character whose whole thing is that she has these migraines that send her into a situation where she can see both the real world and a spirit world at the same time. And the spirit world is kind of grimy and fucked up looking. And the spirits there are people that are just wearing these uh, masks over, like, decaying, decaying heads. And, uh, yeah, you basically, you basically run into someone who knows who you are and uh, more or less guilt trip more or less guilt trips you into going to this building called the Neva Center. This takes place in, uh, if I get this wrong, I'm going to feel so embarrassed. I'm pretty sure it takes place in Poland. Okay. And, uh, the, the Neva Clinic is a real life location. Um, so you're basically going over there, realizing that bad shit has happened and, um, using both your powers and uh, what turns out to be some family ties to figure out what's going on and survive a monster called the Maw, which is going around and 
trapping you in places and talking about wanting to wear your body like a new skin. It's like Libertima's been at it for like a good amount of time right now. Mm-hmm. Like uh they came into focus publicly around the time Layers of Fear came out since uh I think that came out around the time when PT had already kind of gone away and uh, having another game where you were walking through an ever-changing house um, was uh, considered something kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like there's a lot of budget behind this one just in terms of like everything looks pretty nice. The It's using, it's using static camera angles, so... It's constantly deciding how you're going to look and interact with this environment, which is something that isn't done that often these days, and it'd be cool to see more of. And uh, occasionally it does neat things with you interacting thing, you interacting with things to get them working in the real world or the spirit world. Hmm. But uh, the thing is, it has a really awful awful story like i could get into some specifics here that i would need to content warning up front just because it is just vile at times the way the the opinions that it has and like the way that it handles topics like uh pedophilia and uh yeah, it's it also kind of copies over another problem they've had in other games where there's something about mental health as seen within various Polish communities from what I've heard from people who have lived in Poland and have some familiarity with European ideas about uh, mental health that uh it's it's not kind to people who have trauma like the idea is that you have this trauma and it kind of breaks you and there's no there's no fixing it, there's no going forward. And if let to sit there, it will eventually turn you into a monster itself. And it almost treats a suicide as an altruistic act. Like, you're doing something good by removing, by cutting off the trauma at the source. And... It's a really dark fucking perspective that is both inaccurate and I feel like would do real harm if left unchecked. Yeah, And it's kind of shocking that it even got through on a game that Microsoft themselves have been promoting to no end. Yeah, the things I've heard about it are are pretty fucking awful. Um, And it is... I, don't know, I mean, like, you know, games come out all the time that have some some awful shit in them, and I'm certainly not excusing them by saying that. I'm just saying, like, sure, that does happen. The idea that this is, as you say, like, uh, like a, supposed to be, like, a big, like, flagship title for, the, for Microsoft's new console is just appalling. Yeah, and... And it has a bunch of other awful shit, too. Like, it equates Nazism with communism pretty heavily. um, To the point where one of the villains just constantly, cartoonishly being like, so we can trust each other, right, comrade? And it's... It jumps between being incredibly goofy and incredibly... This subject is not meant to be handled in this... Off this uh, clumsily, it, the subject is not meant to be handled in this clumsy of a fashion, and doing it this way just makes you look terrible. Mm. And <laughs> the the tool worlds effect isn't even that uh, impressive, to be honest. <laughs> like, not to get into a much lighter detail after going through all that, but uh, like, it has a bunch of popping, which is something that you'd see all the time in. Like last-gen games, and you'd figure, oh, okay, one of the big things about loading this fast means probably no more popping, right? Nope. There were times when I would look at a sign 
A sign would be in a close-up for a cutscene with a name on it, and it would take 15 seconds to load in. So, mm. yeah, it's just a, it's just a really regrettable game, and I hope at some point, like, the Bluebird team has continued to grow in size and notoriety. Like, the game they did right before this, or two games ago, was a Blair Witch Project licensed video game. And uh, I really hope at some point either someone there really gets a clue and stops writing things like this or people stop giving them, them this much money or the specific licenses to do what they want with. Mm-hmm. Like the most, the most positive thing I can probably say about this game is you're going to hear some new music from Akira Yamaoka and... That's not much of a. That's not much of a positive point compared to everything else in here. Also, YouTube exists. Yeah, that too. You could probably listen to that music somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really it's really gross. It's I don't even I don't even know if it's fair to say disappointing, because. I don't like I mean what were your expectations for this? I was expecting that given the added pedigree that they were going with like Microsoft throwing their whole weight behind it and it supposed to be it being presented as like a marquee console launch title. I really wanted to end up at least having a goofy time with it if not just like, I, I wouldn't say I was expecting it to be incredibly good, but it's been a long time since I've seen a modern uh, third-person horror game that uh, had self-directed camera work and uh, was all about solving puzzles both uh, in between two different worlds, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's a cool concept to me, and... There are things about this game where if they were in any other story, they would have stood out more. But uh, yeah, as is, I'm just kind of shocked that this even, that this got as far as it did uh, with such a nasty story in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, really, really upsetting that this is what they turned out. Yeah, and... I'm going to stop giving blooper team shots. Like I enjoyed layers of fear one. I, it wasn't anything super special, but it was like a fun, goofy haunted house where you would just rock around, walk around and you'd go into a room and, Oh no, the fruit suddenly rotted in the room to a jump scare noise. And it was like, Oh, okay. This is kind of goofy. And they've done other stuff too, where it's like, okay, we're going to work with, uh, Oh, damn it. What's the name of the actor who plays uh, Roy Batty in Blade Runner? You know what I'm talking about, I right? I do. I'm looking it up. Uh, Rutger Hauer. Yeah, Rutger Hauer. They work with Rutger Hauer in a sci-fi game called Observer. And it's kind of like, okay. that they, they seem to be doing some interesting horror things with occasionally big-named voice actors. Isn't Observer and, cool? Uh, wasn't that what I heard? Yeah, it kind of had cool effects to it. Like, you have to... You're basically going into people's heads using a mind-jacking kind of thing. And uh, there's just a bunch of really good-looking visual effects to it. And it it does a good job of setting up this whole hard-boiled detective walking into situations and realizing how in over his head he is. But at some point, it does turn into the whole, like, around the three-hour mark or so, it, it's finally like, okay, we're going to start putting you in situations where you have to stealth your way around monsters. And it kind of lost me there. But, uh, yeah, before then, it kind of had me engaged there. There's always, like, a good idea or two in what they're making. And then, between Blair Witch, between Blair Witch which also did this, and the medium, they somehow decided... Like, oh, we just want to talk about trauma ruining people's lives and how they can never advance past that. 
And that's going to be a core theme of our stories. And no thank you. Yeah. <sighs> well, uh, I'd like to end on a, on a higher note than that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... Let me let me see what I can what I can bring to the table. Slime Rancher. Ooh, yeah, that looked cool. I played a bunch of Slime Rancher. Um, not hardly a new game, but it is on it is on the uh, on Game Pass. Um, I started playing this game, and I was like, "This is the most simple gameplay loop. There's nothing to this." I'll play a little more, I guess. And then I was like, oh, it's been five hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are uh, a slime rancher. You're There are a bunch of slimes out in the world, and you are gathering up slimes and, and, and you know, putting them in, in little little pens. And you feed them, and they, they get, they, they spit out little plorps, which are just, I don't know, little gems that they spit out based on what type of slime they are. And then you sell the plorps and you use it to buy more equipment for your farm. And you're like, oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna make this pin uh, block out sunlight because these are there are these nocturnal ones that die whenever the sun hits. They have to hide during the day. But if their pen blocks sunlight, they'll be fine. Um, and you can get like, uh, like there's a, there's a degree of like crossbreeding because they will eat each other's plorps, and they'll turn into what's the term for it? I forget. Um, it's it's a name. They have a like a normal person's name. Uh pulling it up. Don't worry, I'll I'll get it. I get it. For like crossbreeding or Yeah, these are uh cuz um I just need the name and then it gets a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Largos. Largos. So if you have, like, for example, if you have a pink slime that eats a plort from a rock slime, it becomes a pink rock Largo, where it is bigger and it has the characteristics of both of those. Now, that can be beneficial. They like, like, they have, um, every slime has food preferences. A Largo likes, uh, likes the same food it did as, as its base form but then also gets extra abilities and like puts out more plorts, which you can sell. And that's nice. Um, but if it eats a third type of plort, it transforms into like this, like awful thing called a tar, which is just looks like a, looks like a tar monster. And like, it will try to kill you. It doesn't produce any, it doesn't produce any plorts. And it also, any other slime it touches also turns into a tar, so it's just like a plague that just turns everything into death. Um, oh, jeez. So, probably don't work with Largos unless you're a real pro. Um, I like working with just single ones. But yeah, it's just like, I'm just going around, I'm like, okay, let me uh, build this farm and I'll grow some cube berries so I can feed the cube berries to the uh, to the... Which ones were they? The phosphor slimes. Those are like the nocturnal ones that are like firefly slimes. They're very cute. Art style is very good. I believe a lot of this art is done by uh, Ian McConville, of, uh, formerly of uh, Mac Hall, a webcomic, currently of Three Panel Soul. Perhaps you know the like the Who's a Good Dog comic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that guy. Um, he also worked on uh, Spiral Knights which had a brief moment in the sun. Um, but yeah, very, very cute art style. And there's really not very much to this game. You're just sort of going around and you're like, hey, I'm going to, you know, going to get these slimes and I'll put them in, put them in these, these pens and I'll, or you can, you can see the thing is you can do them free range, but that makes them more likely to eat each other's ports and turn into tars and then, you know, try and kill each other. And, and so I don't like the fact that I am sort of raising them in captivity, but they have a really big pen and they get fed all the time and they're always smiling and, and chirping happily and they're not turning into horrible monsters. So that's how I, that's how I sleep at night. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty good to me. Uh, I, I do like how you sometimes start slipping into a Southern accent when you start talking about farming games. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Uh, 
I'll take your word for it. Um, yeah, it's it's nice. It is a very simple game. Um, I don't like. I don't know. It it is a game that. I don't know how I played it for so long. And there's still more to do. I don't know how that is. Looking at it, it feels like a game where you should play it for five minutes and be like, okay, I'm done. And I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. It's good. I want to take care of my, my slimes. They're nice. It's... Yeah, I think I got it free from the Epic Store at some point, so I should definitely check it out. You really just got You really just got to keep them separate. It goes so bad. <laughs> yeah it sounds like it also hey pro tip you like you do have a health bar you know like tars obviously can kill you some of them some of the other ones can hurt you right like a rock slime can hurt you they're not doing it on purpose they're just rolling around and they're all spiky don't hold it against them they're nice be nice yeah sometimes nature's just like that mm-hmm. uh You'll just be in the way of something, and it'll accidentally hurt you without thinking about it. Right. It's like it's like bumping your hand on a on a hedgehog's back when it's not trying to hurt you. It's just it's just you know, um, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm dealing with boom slimes or rad slimes or fire slimes. I have a feeling that those are definitely going to hurt me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good. I like it. Also, the feral slimes. If you see ones where they're like crackling with red lightning and glowing red eyes, they are just slimes out in the wild who have just not been fed in a while. You give them food and they'll calm right down and they'll be nice. Oh. Don't try that at home, though, folks. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to endorse that. I thought about it for a second. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not going to be. I, I do think like if an animal is hungry. It is sometimes okay to feed them, but that's a, it's a, <laughs> there's a lot more to it than that. I don't want to be held legally responsible. Don't get hurt, folks. Yeah. And if you're seeing something, an animal that's acting kind of funny, just kind of steer clear of it. Yeah. Slimes can't get rabies. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an important thing. <laughs> uh, all right. Well. Uh, until I, I, I we're, I think we're good. We're good, right? We're done. Yeah, I'd say so. Like, uh, we're gonna continue playing games, and uh, no, actually, I'm done. That's it for video games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yep. I guess we're. Tri- I guess we're moving to an anime only site then. There you go. Now you get the. Now you get it. Um, and then anime's gonna get well, I was gonna say anime's gonna get cancelled. Anime has been cancelled many times, has never stopped it. Uh but yeah. Um we'll play more games, we'll get back to you, we'll talk more later, and until we do, peace out. See ya. <laughs>